Welcome to this Memorial Day weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can find yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena Husker McGee on the IG. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, first via the video version right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media. You can find our videos fresh and ready for you every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube. Once again, every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media. You can find our podcast versions is ready for you for your listening pleasure every Tuesday and Saturday. Once again, every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor. Once again, at WARR on Anchor. That kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app. We're available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you type in that search engine box, WARR on Anchor. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com, and you can follow us on all social media platforms, including right here on YouTube. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes, as our good friend George Offman always says, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Wish we had like and we are unpack. No, we just do. I wish we had like a neon sign for that. Like subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We have it like right across the uh, the box. Yes, we got to work on that. We yeah. got to work on that. The powers that be, i.e., Daedron and Kyle. Let's work on that, please. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> And we are unapologetically fun. Lakina, as we kick off this uh, holiday weekend edition of this program, we're going to have some fun discussing my favorite baseball team, that's, and that's the Chicago White Sox. After being swept last weekend in the Bronx, uh, they did what I expected them to do, was take two out of three from the first place as of right now. The NL Central leading St. Louis Cardinals. Lakina, the White Sox up until... Uh, uh, the series finale on Wednesday. The White Sox were 5 for 43 with runners in scoring position. Of course, that was much of that poop was due to their inability to uh, drive in runs during the um, majority of the series in New York last weekend against the Yankees. But the bats came alive uh, last Monday and Tuesday on the south side. Of course, we'll get into this later, but uh, as, as fan capacity increased to 60%, it was nice to see more White Sox fans out there some of you were doing some dumb stuff. We'll get into that later. Um, but back to on <laughs> back to on the field matters. Uh, the White Sox backs came alive. The Yamadata, Yerman mm-hmm. Mercedes, uh, had a, a, another home run. Tim Anderson starting to come through. Yasmani Grandal, I'm not going to beat up on him too much, but is he the, really the catcher of the future for the White Sox? We'll get into that as well. But as we said all year, Lakina, this White Sox team is led by their starting pitching. Dylan Cease, he had a great game on Thursday night, striking out 10 uh, Baltimore Orioles players as that series for this weekend got on the way on Thursday. But going back to that St. Louis series, Lakina, Lance Lynn flirted with a no-hitter. He lost it in the sixth inning, but he was still able to pick up the win. Liam Hendricks, um, I don't know what's going on with him. He damn near blew it on Tuesday, but... He was able to get out of it to preserve the series win for the Southsiders. I like what I'm seeing from this team, Lakina, as they started to play better competition. I'm not going to say there are issues. Of course, no team is perfect. We, 
every team has flaws. But mm-hmm. I liked what I saw from the Sox uh, earlier this week, taking two out of three from St. Louis in your home turf. Which I think is what you wanted, right? After, after what happened with that Yankee mm-hmm. series. I think this is sort of like, yeah. you know. You turn it around of, mentally, you bounce back quickly. Yeah, I mean, you know, you win two out of three against a, a good, not great Cardinals team, but mm-hmm. a first-place Cardinals team nonetheless. So anytime you win a series against the Cardinals, I think it's always a good thing. I'm sure Coast fans like to say thank you very much. We're a little, they're a little closer to the, uh, the Cardinals now. We'll get to them in a bit in a minute. But, I mean, look, I mean, look, the Sox did what they're supposed to. I mean, they had, yeah, they had solid pitching. They had timely hitting. Um, Mercedes is still hitting the ball very well. And, and uh, look, I think the Cardinals made some very uncharacteristic uncardinals like, <laughs> like air, especially mm-hmm. in that, <laughs> especially in that Tuesday game. But yeah, I mean, look, I think this is what you want to see. I mean, Tim Anderson had some, as I'm tying at, at bats, Jose Abreu show, showing you why he's the reigning MVP mm-hmm. had had about like five or six RBIs you know, in that series. And, and look, he I, had know, a whole run too. <laughs> yes, he did. And you know, that, I think that's what you want, right? Madrigal, I guess, for you now people still like him. You know, he had a couple of big, um, you know, a big uh, RBIs there. But I think, look, you got look, you got what you wanted from your pitching. Look at Leo pitched a gem in that Wednesday game, and and look, I think if you're you're the White Sox, I think you're you're good. If you know, you you should be really glad that where you're at right now. I mean, after that Yankee series over the weekend, last weekend, you know, things could have the wheels could have started falling off, but you didn't. You know, you win. You know, you went, you know, two out of three against a, like I said, a, a good, not great Cardinals team, but I think it should help with the confidence. And you got the, you got the, the Orioles this week. You, you, you won on Thursday, nine to one. You know, it, as long as you at least, you know, win the series against the Orioles, I mm-hmm. think you'd be, you know, you'd be feeling pretty good. <clears throat> feeling pretty good, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, if you're a White Sox fan, you should feel pretty good. As we said in our last episode, the White Sox should take care of business. At home on the south side, you had uh, three against the Cardinals. You took two games there. You have Baltimore for four uh, games this weekend. You, you took one game already. That was the opener you just mentioned on Thursday. And because you have a tough road trip ahead next week, you have four against the Cleveland Indians, including a doubleheader on, on Memorial Day on Monday. So uh, it's going to be important for the White Sox to pile up as, as many wins as possible, especially against uh, uh, lesser teams. And a sign of a good team is you don't have prolonged losing streaks. Yes, it's a long season in baseball. Uh, you're going to lose some games, but you better, you better hope it doesn't uh, last like you have a five-game losing streak, a seven-game losing streak. You lose nine out of ten, ten out of twelve, uh, things along that line. You got swept last weekend. You bounced back quickly uh, against a, 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 a very good, not great, but a very good Cardinals team. Uh, the, the key is to turn it around mentally. Don't let it set something. Oh, here we go again. We're going to mm-hmm. lose. And you bring that bad vibe and, those, and that bad attitude out into the field. When that happens, uh, everything's going to go all right for you. So for the White Sox, they took care of business so far here in the early part of their uh, home um, uh, schedule for this week. So mm-hmm. let's see if they can finish off Baltimore for this weekend. Yours surely will be there mm-hmm. <laughs> on Saturday and Sunday cheering my you-know-what off as uh, yours truly makes his, his return back home. So follow me on social media. I'll have everything for you. But getting back to on the field, uh, I like what I'm seeing from this White Sox team, at least offensively. Uh, the bats are starting to heat up. The starting pitching has been consistent again, even in Wednesday's loss against the Cardinals. Uh, uh, the starting pitcher was very good again, Dallas Keuchel. I know he can't catch a break in terms of run yeah. support and wins, but – uh, you like to see some uh, consistency in him. I just want to see the White Sox back him up for once for some runs, yeah. okay? Uh, that bullpen, 
I'm not going to waste my breath on Liam Hendricks. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I don't see him this weekend. If I do, he better be on point or else, but I'll leave him alone. Aaron Bummer, I am concerned about him, Lakina. Yeah, I don't know if you, you saw be. him on Wednesday. You should be. I, 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 you should be. You I, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater yet, but how do I describe got, this? Yeah, see, see, you got, you got, see, uh, he got you all like flummoxed here. You're, you're all tongue tied. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, how can I describe this? I'm getting up out of my seat. I want to throw something out of the window. I'm not ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater yet. But I'm getting ready to get up out of my seat, and something's about to go awry, okay? I don't want to do it, but I don't like it. Yeah. The only person that I, that's consistently in the bull, uh, that's performing out of the bullpen, actually two people, Michael Kopech, I know he has a hamstring uh, problem. Hopefully that gets taken care of uh, in, in due time. But the other um, pitcher out of the bullpen that I like so far, he's been good. Uh, these last few weeks is Matt Foster. Yeah, he's been really, yeah, Foster has really been lights out for the White Sox. And, and look, as far as Bummer's concerned, I mean, you hope he can get out of that slump. I mean, mm -hmm. if if he doesn't, I think, yeah, Tony Lewis is going to have some problems. But mm -hmm. I think, luckily, you have, and I've been saying this, you know, the mid, that middle relief and the bullpen, those are going to be, if anything that keeps the White Sox from going far will be your bullpen and your middle, your middle relief and your bullpen. That's going to be the thing that's going to keep the White Sox from going to the promised land, and I'm sure White Sox fans have been praying for. So if Bummer doesn't get out of this, this funk that he's in, yeah, Tony was going to have some decisions to make. So I think hope you just, just wait out and hope he can get out of that. But if he doesn't, then, you know, you may have to take him out for a while. Yeah, if you GM Rick Hahn, I think we discussed this on our last episode. Uh, what veteran... Uh, arm in a bullpen can you get because everybody's looking for there? started pitching and everybody's looking for bullpen help yeah yeah i know rick Hahn has some assets do you quote unquote waste all of them or majority of them for veteran reliever just to go for it for this year or you can you or, or you or you can you get somebody that maybe you can have a surprise um second half of the season maybe mm -hmm. catch lightning in the bottle that's dangerous as well so uh, if you're Rick Hahn, you're in a tough position, but you still have a little bit more time. Not much of, not much time, but a little bit more time as we uh, end the month of May, as we head into June. I think uh, you can go to the middle of June. You can finally, you can finally get a good feel on uh, what your team is. I know um, as far as the injury list is concerned, I believe uh, you could correct me if I'm wrong, Keenan, but I believe Eloy Jimenez has been transferred to the 60-day disabled list. That's if, what if the, I'm correct that's on. the that's the rumor. Yep. So if, if that's the case, it, it will tell what Rick Hahn does at the trade deadline, which is uh, July 31st for those of you scoring at home. What, will Rick Hahn still go after that big outfielder with a bat? Or will he concentrate on another starting pitcher? Or just, uh, as we said before, go with that, the, whoever's the best and available uh, middle reliever out there who's approaching free agency, who doesn't cost that much, or whoever that guy is. Uh, this next month will tell uh, the story of uh, where Rick Hahn goes as far as the trade deadline, but it's all decided by what the players do on the field first. Yeah, they've got a tough schedule too after this Baltimore series. They've got Cleveland for four in Cleveland. They got four for Detroit. Detroit's not, you know, they're not, you know, bad, but they're not great either. They're kind of middle of the road. Then you have three against Toronto next week, next week, no, the week after next. And then you have mm -hmm. Detroit again. For three in Detroit, and then you have Tampa, Tampa Bay. The Rays have been playing very well. We'll get to them in a little bit, mm -hmm. but 
you know, and also you got four against Houston. So the, the, the start of the month of June for the White Sox, those are a pretty murderer's row schedule. I guess there's some series that they can win, but you're up mm-hmm. against like divisional leaders now. So let's see if this is going to be like a measure say, to how, how good this team really is. I mean, you failed against the Yankees, you, know, you got swept, but you know, you can kind of try to rebound against the Rays and the, the Astros and the Blue Jays. We'll see where, where they're at. Yeah, hopefully you take care of business this weekend. So we mentioned against Baltimore at home before you head on the road to to Cleveland and Detroit. Winning the games in your division is the utmost important thing. Uh, if you can split against Cleveland and sweep Detroit, or let's know. I believe that's a three-game series, correct? Uh, mm-hmm. Next weekend in Detroit, yep. if you do no worse than take two out of three, that's a very solid road trip before you come home to face Detroit again, and then uh, Toronto in a couple weeks here in Chicago. Uh, that's going to be a tough stretch, but I believe this White Sox team can do it. But uh, let's see if that offense can pick up. Let's see if that solid pitcher can stay consistent. It doesn't have to be perfect, but can it stay uh, consistently good? And that bullpen, they better pick it up fast or else it's going to be trouble. Consistency, consistency. And like I said, the bullpen better pick it up. You listen to Second mm-hmm. City Sports Zoom style along with Cindy Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. Let's go to the north side now. For the Cubs, now the Cubs did what they're supposed to do. They swept the Pirates, including one of the probably mm-hmm. one of the craziest on Thursday, probably one of the craziest baseball players you'll <laughs> <we'll> ever see. <laughs> okay, um, okay, there was two outs. There was a runner on Contreras was on second, I believe, and Javi Baez was at bat, and he you know hits the ball. You know, you know, he's a little try. It could be a routine, you know, mm-hmm. your grounder, right? No problem. The shortstop throws it to the uh, Gonzalez, like the, the first baseman for the uh, for the Pirates. He didn't step on the bag. Hobby was actually closer to him, and so he was going to try to tag him. So he tried to tag him, you know, and you know, Hobby, you know, does this <laughs> walk, <laughs> kind of like the, the move, walk and run backwards thing, you know. He says, "Hey, you can't catch me." Then he gets closer. Then Contreras, not knowing that Contreras was like circling around third base. He scores. <laughs> then he tries to go back to first, and then the other you know, Gonzalez actually misses the <laughs> throws it to the to the infielder, and it you know, all heck break broke loose. And the call look the, the call look uh, Bukshiami and you know, Jim Deshaies did it better <laughs> did the call better than mm-hmm. I did. You know, look it up on YouTube. It's already got like almost like five million views of this recording. So just yeah. a, just a crazy play, and probably like I said, one of the craziest plays you'll ever see. And how he ended up on second base after yes, all he that. Did. After all that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the change actually totally kept going, but the guy, the guy, actually, the guy, the third baseman was right there. So, well, um, but on the serious note, though, no, 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 though, they did sweep the Pirates. You know, they have. Let me get serious against the Reds. I'm hearing like a lot of Cubs fans are sort of like they don't know what to think because you know this was supposed to have been like a quote unquote rebuild, if you will. But mm-hmm. now they're only a half game out. As of right now, they're a half game out on the Cardinals. Like I, like we've been saying, the Cardinals are a good, not a great team. If the Cubs do by the trade deadline end up maybe three games up, two, three games up, or at least near first place. Jed Hoyer cannot sell, like, oh, we're gonna still going to try to trade, maybe get something for KB or get something for Kimbrough if they're playing well. They just they can't sell it to the fan base. I'm sorry. They can't. So I would say try to go for it. The division's winnable. I've heard people say that, well, you know, this is kind of like what the Blackhawks were early in their season and what the other Bulls were early in their season, blah, blah, blah. But, look, baseball's different. You know, you're, you're pretty much even with everybody in that division. So – why not try and go for it? So, Sid, what do, you, what do you think about all this stuff I just said? <laughs> if you're the Cubs, you have to go for it. I know you don't have much in your minor league system right now. You're trying to rebuild it at the same time. But as we said before the season uh, kicked off, 
Uh, this division is going to be up for grabs, uh, even though you'll surely have the St. Louis Cardinals winning. It'll probably end up being that way when it's all said and done. But, excuse me, the mystery team to me is the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll get to them uh, in a few minutes. But uh, no one's going to run away with this division. It may take 85, maybe 87 wins, maybe to win this division. I'm not going to say it's going to be like 06 when the Cardinals won the World Series. They barely had 83 victories. <laughs> mm-hmm. 83 victories, uh, if you guys remember that, uh, uh, 15 years ago or so. So it, it may come down to that. So if you're, the, if you're the Cubs, you just keep winning series, you're going to be right there. Maybe you overachieved a little bit, uh, overachieved a little bit, of course, to some people. But so what? You just keep winning series, keep, keep winning ball games. You give yourself a, a chance at the end of the year. But what I want to uh, focus it on for the Cubs is they scored enough r- runs to beat the Pirates in this series, 13 uh, to be exact. Uh, they didn't wow you with their offense, but they did enough just to help their starting pitching. They 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 defeated Pittsburgh by a score of 4-3 on Tuesday, Wednesday 4-1, to one, and, of course, Thursday 5-3. to three. But you're encouraged by their starting pitcher. Jake Garriotta picked up his fifth win of the year on Tuesday uh, Trevor Williams, uh, he was struggling to start the year, but he has, he's posted now a 3-2 and two record. He finally defeated his former team on Wednesday. And, of course, Kyle Hendricks has started to turn around his last three starts. Uh, he did a magnificent job on Thursday. He, has, he picked up his fifth win of the year as well. So that started pitches starting to pick up uh, that bullpen. We talked about that bullpen in our last episode. Uh, Craig Kibble's been great. Uh, you have other guys uh, uh, stepping up in that middle relief. And so it looks like it's starting to come around for, for the Cubs. But as you, or you mentioned with their schedule, they, they have a tough series coming up this weekend as we as we record against the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, I know people are going to look at it on the schedule. It should be three easy wins. I know Cincinnati's without Joey Votto, but, you know, there's bad blood between these two teams. It's a division rival. Uh, and, and the games against your division rivals, especially with a team with bad blood, it's not going to be easy. So if the Cubs could take care of business there, they'll give themselves a better shot before uh, playing the you know, West next week, hosting three against San Diego before traveling next weekend to San Francisco to play the Giants for four. And also they have three in San Diego after that. So they got a pretty tough, mm-hmm. they got a pretty tough go against the NL West, like you said, Sid. So yeah. It's going to be a lot to ask, but if you can at least win, just don't get swept. At least win your series. If you can win your series against San Diego, split the series with the Giants. We'll get to them in a, in a minute. And, you know, split your series against the, you know, the, the, the Padres. If you, can be, look, if you can at least get to 500, that'd be fine. If you get close to 500, if you, if you can win your series, split the series with the Giants, and I think you can kind of be, like, right there still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Take care of business against lesser opponents, as we mentioned with uh, with the White Sox just a moment ago. For the Cubs, you still have good enough talent uh, to take care of business. Like I said, Cincinnati is not going to be uh, an easy test. Uh, there's bad blood between these two teams, and I kind of like where the Cubs are going right now. I know you got Albert Azalea, uh who's, who started this series uh, against Cincinnati. Cincinnati, so. Uh, hopefully he can still uh, show signs that he can be a reliable starter for the for the stretch run. He he's been pitching well in these last uh, in his last couple of starts. So I, I like what I see from him. Of course, Zach Davies is starting to come around. He'll actually start to, to today's game against the Reds in the second game of the three game series, and then uh, on Sunday, hopefully you can take care of business there. As you'll have, if I can pull it up here real quick. Uh, uh, this damn computer wants to play games with me. Mm-hmm. You'll have Jake Arrieta going uh, again 
on Sunday, which is tomorrow for those of you that's listening to our podcast. And so, yeah, but, uh, you, you you don't have Kyle Hendricks going in this series, but you still have Jake Garrietta, uh, Alba Azale, uh, of course, started off this series. And and you still have good enough starting pitchers to keep you in ball games. Let's just see if the offense can uh, turn it up just a little bit more. Yeah, and they should have a, enough juice, especially going against your uh, hated rival in your division. And they've got guys coming back from injuries, too. So hopefully, if you're the Cubs, you can, they'll be at full strength just in time for that tough, tough stress against San Diego mm-hmm. and San Francisco. So hopefully, you know, maybe you can. And I think they know that they can't, you know, three, four, five runs, you know, that's good enough to beat the Pirates. But if you're trying to beat, like, the top teams mm-hmm. in the West, that's not going to work. So they're going to have to dial it up if they want to, you know, be right there in that division, in the NL Central. Because, look, the Cardinals have a tough schedule, too. So... You know, yep. that, 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 that this is your chance to kind of like even yourselves out. Yep. You're listening to Second City Sports, the weekend edition, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. As we talk uh, Major League Baseball, Lakina, what was your best or worst moments, if you had any, from this past weekend, MLB? Uh, oh, boy. Um, hmm. I, besides the Cubs, obviously, winning four in a row. Um <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, I mean, the Twins have won four in a row. They're 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 nine games out of in the, the division with the White Sox. After this recording, there's you know the pitching is starting to get it, get their groove going, and their hitting's been you know very timely. So, I I don't know. Look, it might not be enough for them to catch up to the White Sox, but I think they can probably try to make a go at it for one of the wild card spots. I mean, yeah, granted they swept they swept Baltimore, but you know, look, they mm-hmm. got they got a weekend series against the Royals. We'll see how they go if they can. At least you know sweep. At least at least win their series against the Royals. They can kind of be right back in it, especially since the White Sox are going to have a pretty tough schedule, you know, later on. But mm-hmm. I mean, the Rays are now in first place in the AL East. I mean, their their pitch has been been very good. The Yankees, you know, they they've won seven of their last ten. You know, lost a couple, but you know they're kind of getting back on track too. Toronto, I'm a little worried. Yeah, uh, Corey, Klu- real quick, uh, Corey Kluber is out for out. two yeah. months. Yeah, yeah but with that be, shoulder injury. Yeah, that's gonna be. And Aaron Hicks one. is out for the year with that outfitter out for a wrist injury. Yeah, that's gonna be. Yeah, that's gonna be a tough for the Yankees to try to plug holes and that starting pitching because there was a lot of depth there anyway. And also, too, they luckily hitting wise, they have a lot of depth, so they can you know they can combat mm-hmm. that. Also, to uh, the Blue Jays, I'm worried about the Blue Jays. They, they've lost, you know, seven of their last ten. I'm a little worried about them. Vlad Jr. is doing his thing, but they're pitching, and that's when I, that's kind of been the thing that I was worried about, that their pitching hasn't been very good. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, I mean, the, 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 the Dodgers, I mean, they've won nine of the last ten. You know, they could try to go, you know, go for the knockout punch against the Giants this weekend. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure they, I'm sure the Giants mm-hmm. were already like freaking out, like, oh, wait, we got to play the Dodgers again. So, yeah, yep. <laughs> they hope they don't get swept. But, you know, I think I like what I saw from some of these, some of these teams. So, look, the AL East, you know, no one's going to run, the, you know, the Mets, I know they've won three in a row as of right now, but they're not going to run away with that division either. So, the, you know, we got the Phillies and the Braves, you know, the Braves was kind of starting to kind of starting to get there, but then they like, they lose and they kind of like are right back where they started. So what about you? What was your, like your standouts this weekend in, in MLB? Uh, this past Tuesday, I know he didn't qualify for the win, but speaking of the New York Mets, uh, Jacob DeGrom pitched five innings, struck out nine Rockies batters as part of a three and one win. Of course, the Mets swept the Rockies uh, in their series 
uh, earlier this uh, this week. I know they had the Braves, I believe, this weekend as mm-hmm. we give you the rest of the uh, weekend rundown in Major League Baseball. So the the Mets stood out to me and Jacob DeGrom. Uh, the Dodgers and Astros played uh, each other for the yes. first time uh, this season in front of crowds in history. It was only a short uh, two-game series, but the Dodgers uh, dominated the first game. The Astros came back in the second, in the second game. I, I watched both of those games live via my computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no shenanigans, uh, 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 fortunately, uh, uh, took place. Thank those we just also. We saw pure I wanted Joe Kelly to kind of like yell at somebody again. Uh, at and then like, <laughs> stare him down and then mock yeah, him. <laughs> yeah, that would have like, that would have like been a bookend right there, but go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You referenced what happened last year and there was no fans in the stands. So, but you, you saw uh, uh, a good baseball from both teams. Of course, the Dodgers, as I mentioned, uh, dominated the first game this past Tuesday. And then of course uh, the next day, the Astros got the better uh, of the Dodgers. The Phillies, uh, Lakina, I want to believe in them, but they always had, I don't know if it's been recent history or, or what, but it seems like they always had trouble with the now Miami Marlins. Uh, whenever they played them in, somehow in Miami, uh, uh, you can go back years and years and years, even the years that the Marlins won their World Series titles. The Phillies always have trouble down there in South Beach. Yeah. Yeah, they've had that number in recent years for some reason. If, you know, the Marlins have with the Phillies, I, I don't know why, but if that's, you know, they need to get it together with that series because that's a, if that if they want to keep up with, if they want to keep up with the Mets, I think that's going to be the thing that they need to kind of like get back mm-hmm. into it with them because you thought that maybe the Phillies would probably be there, but then, you know, there's this series against the Marlins, unfortunately. So at this point, you just got to try to shake it off. I know they play again, I think, in a couple of weeks. So just shake it off mm-hmm. and just keep – just press on. Yep, and also, too, Lakina, what is going on with the Arizona Diamondbacks? Oof. I thought they may have a, a sneaky shot and um, maybe get into that wild card, but uh, not so fast. San Francisco took care of them uh, in Arizona earlier this week. And also, too, you mentioned about the Twins and, and the Royals. Uh, the Twins are trying to uh, the the Twins. Um, they took care of business against Baltimore at home early this week. Kansas City, maybe they'll still hang around, but I think they eventually they're going to fall off. I think, like I said, Cle- like I said before, Cleveland they're going to be competitive, but eventually I think the White Sox is going to overtake them and, and win the division by six games or more. That is uh, very much still possible. So uh, I'm looking at them. Uh, the Red Sox took care of the Braves earlier this, this week in, in Beantown. Mm-hmm. And so in the Padres took care of the Brewers in a couple of games. We talked about the Brewers earlier, Lakina. Uh, they're not going to run away with this division. I, I believe they still are going to be good. I know Brandon Rudolph, I watched his uh, performance the other day uh, in their opening game against the Padres in, in that series. Brandon Rudolph is good, folks, but yes. uh, there are the other starting pitchers. Uh, they better pick up or else uh, it's going to be problems. Big problems. And, and back to the Diamondbacks for a second. I was very disappointed. They've lost 11 in a row as of this recording. I I don't know what to think. I mean, some people thought, like you see yourself, said that they, maybe they could kind of throw a monkey wrench into that whole battle between the Dodgers and the Padres for that NL West. But, oh, gosh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Arizona. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just it's just brutal. It is brutal. So, And also, too, look out for the Anaheim Majors, as we said in our last Ooh. podcast. Um, um, Mike Trout will be out 46 weeks, but uh, ever since he's been down, uh, Joe Madden's has started winning. Yeah, I know. I know, I know they that... played the Texas Rangers, a young squad, but still they started winning. 
Yeah, and Otani, I think he's kind of making a case for maybe AL MVP. I mean, he actually mm-hmm. was late for one of those one of those Rangers games because oops. <laughs> yeah, I guess he went to I guess like the the freeway he usually takes. I mean, there was like a lot of traffic. I guess you know, like you play for the last couple of years, you don't know how the traffic is. He made he, he made a little joke about it afterwards that he did he forgot how bad LA traffic can be at times. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but look, you know, he was still very productive. And look, I think he leads the league. I think in he's AL. I think in home runs, I believe. So. Mm-hmm. he's right he's right near uh vlad jr so look he and also i think he's like top 10 like in you know and um and, and hitting and, and batting too so I, I mean look he i think otani i think is one of the reasons why the angels are still kind of hanging around yep and uh shohei otani will be the man to carry this uh anaheim angels team as mike trial as we mentioned is on the shelf with an injury for the next month month and a half so We'll see the Angels are made of. Can they get some starting pitching? And uh, can Otani keep up this pace? So we'll, we'll see what happens on that front. Before we move on, Lakina, just here's some of the series for this weekend uh, around MLB. Of course, you had the Reds and the Cubs from the north side. Uh, Colorado will face the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pirates. We'll see if the Pirates can do anything even more stupid on the base pass. <laughs> the Milwaukee Brewers will take on the Washington Nationals in our nation's capital. The Braves and Mets have already mentioned. Uh, from Queens, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Marlins will visit the Red Sox in Fenway Park. <laughs> the New York Yankees will visit uh, the Detroit Tigers at Comerica Park. Uh, the Blue Jays will take on the Indians. Hopefully the Blue Jays will have a, help out our White Sox. As I mentioned, the White Sox will host uh, Baltimore. They started their series on Thursday. Uh, so they're in the middle of that series as we record. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kansas City Royals will face off against the Twins again this weekend in Target Field. The Royals took two or three from the Twins a few weeks ago at Target Field. We'll see if they, the same thing can happen there. San Diego will will play the Astros. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, the Angels will travel to Oakland to take on the Athletics. The St. Louis Cardinals will visit the Diamondbacks. The Giants and the Dodgers will square off again for the second consecutive weekend, this time in Dodgers Stadium. And the Texas Rangers will face the Seattle Mariners from T-Mobile Park. I still want to call it safe goal, but yeah, I know. you guys know what <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying it again. So it's hard to break that habit, right? To T-Mobile Park. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I know good old corporate names. Gotta love those. Um, yeah. I know. And, and the Braves and Mets are getting this Sunday night baseball treatment on ESPN, so that should be good. It'll be Charlie Morton against Jacob DeGrom for that game, so that should be that should be fun. You know, the, no love lost between those two teams. No, <laughs> no doubt. So, uh, for Juno's NL East rivals, so we'll see how that game's going. And and look, I think that probably like the best, you know, the best series I think for this weekend is San Fran and Los Angeles. I'm a little surprised that they're not getting the mm-hmm. national TV treatment, but you know, it is what it is. But they'll be on Fox uh, to later on yeah, tonight. They are. Uh, yeah. say, we always say check your local listings, of course. Right. It's the yeah, it's the Giants and Dodgers, Brewers and Nationals, and then Braves to Max. Those are the uh, one of the three games you'll be watching on your local Fox station. So as we say in the business, check your local listings. Yep, yep, or if yep. you have an MLB TV package, you can watch all three. Mm-hmm, yes, you can. Or you can watch it via your laptop if in your area. If it's, yes. you know, it's, it's blocked or whatever. So you're all good in that front. <laughs> yep. You're listening, you're listening to the weekend edition of Sega City Sports. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. As we now transition over to NBA playoff basketball, Lakina uh, I don't know how we're going to get through this segment, but uh, <laughs> the mm. Brooklyn Nets, uh, as we expected, they're up 2 nothing in their series against the 
Boston Celtics. I know Kyrie Irving says he hope he doesn't get any hateful treatment this weekend as the series moves uh, to the TD Bank North Garden. Of course, Kyrie Irving played for two seasons for Boston in 2017 and 2018. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he may ask for something that he didn't you know, he, he will probably regret later, but I know that arena in Boston is going to be filled to 25% capacity. Uh, but back to on the court, uh, I don't. Maybe the Celtics will get one. I said this during our uh, playoff preview show. I think the Celtics will get one. I think they'll get one of these games this weekend. But uh, outside of that, Brooklyn's the better team. They better take care of business in a hurry. Yeah, Tan's going to be back, so hopefully that helps a little bit, but I don't think it's going to make that much mm-hmm. difference. I think Brooklyn's on a mission, and they're not going to look far ahead. So I think, you know, by the time we reconvene next week, so that we might, they probably might be, you know, they might have already won their series. I'm just saying, I think. I expect that to happen, yes. Yeah, they might, <laughs> look, Boston might win one, but what mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, I, I think by the time we reconvene next week, I think we'll, they'll, the series will be over, I think. So there's no, no sense to worry. Like I said, I mean, look, Brooklyn's been playing well. They're playing as a unit. You know, they're, they're getting better. Let's, let's just, you know. Next series, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another series is, that's going to close down by the time we convene next week for a show, full show, as the kids <laughs> will say. And shout out to a good friend, Alana Tackauer. <laughs> Can we do a <laughs> Boy, what we happened do... to the Miami Heat? Yeah, we got to do These last two check. games, my goodness. Good Lord. No shade to Alana. I know she's listening and watching, but what what happened? Game one was really that you oh, – my... <laughs> 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 I, mean, uh, I, I thought it was going to be a better series. Maybe it'll still be. I doubt it, but, uh, no, but I expected it to be a better series. Yeah, I, now I'm disappointed. Yeah, what, where's Bam? Where's Tyler Hero? I mean, like, you know. Those, where's those, Jimmy? Where's Jimmy? I mean, look, look these, these guys are not showing up. I mean, you can say that, oh, because they were in a bubble. But, like, but we'll get to the mm-hmm. Lakers in a bit. But the Lakers seem to be playing a little bit better, you know. And, um. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, I think that this is showing you that maybe their style isn't, doesn't, does not work. I think that, like I said, Mo, I think Milwaukee's on a mission too. So I think that might be, they had revenge on their mind. So I think that might have been another reason why they're playing as well as they are. But a lot, look, good grief. A lot of, a lot of these, you know, like I said, where's Jimmy? I mean, where's, where's Bam? Where's Tyler Hero? Where's Duncan Robinson? I mean, those, those were like the big, the reason, those were the key guys as to why, they got to the finals in the bubble last year. So yeah. I don't know what's happening this year. I don't know, maybe because it's fatigue, maybe because, you know, they got exposed. I I, I have nothing. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Alana. We love you, but I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. Move it on. Yeah, move on. Yeah, here. move it on. Next series. Um, you know, Philadelphia and Washington, we'll get to the shenanigans in our next segment. Uh, we have a lot to say on that. But uh, as far as on the court, uh, Philadelphia up to nothing uh, over Washington. Uh, the Wizards, uh, their star Russell Westbrook went down with an uh, ankle injury. Hopefully he'll be back uh, for their games this weekend in our nation's capital. They will play on Memorial Day. We'll give you, um, we'll give you the uh, kind of a, the, the schedule for for this uh, weekend's games coming up in just a moment. But Lakina, uh, the Wizards had a slight chance in game one, but uh, after the Russell Westbrook injury, uh, um, their chances uh, went awry in game two. Hopefully, if Westbrook comes back for this weekend's games, games three and four in our nation's capital, maybe they'll still won, but that's about it. But yeah. if not, I, I sense another sweep here. Yeah, I agree. I think especially if Westbrook's not 100%, 
that's the key. If he's not, then the Wizards are in serious trouble. And Bradley Beal can only do so much by himself. He's got some injury mm-hmm. problems himself. So, I expect, again, by the time we reconvene next week, Sid, I think this, this series will be over with, too. Next series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and real quick, though, I mean, the thing is that, you know, Simmons has struggled. But the good is that, you know, Tobias Harris has helped out. You know, Seth Curry has – not Steph, Seth Curry has helped out. So. S-E-T-H, folks. Yeah, yeah. So I think that they've had, like, some help from, from their, you know, supporting cast and B's doing his thing. So I think, you know, balanced scoring, I think that's, that's probably why they're, the, you know, the, the 76ers are where they are right now. In our last uh, Eastern Conference series, um, the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks, of course, the series has moved to the ATL, as the kids would say, for this weekend's games. Um, uh, three and four, of course, game three has already been played. For those of you that are listening to us uh, via our audio version, uh, game four will be tomorrow, Sunday at noon Central Standard Time on ABC. Of course, as, as of this recording, the, uh, the series is tied up at a game apiece. We'll get to the, sh- to the shenanigans on the flip side. But as far as on the court is concerned, Trey Young had another monster game on Tuesday in game two. He only had uh, he had 30 points for the game, only 10 in the second half. The New York Knicks showed up. Julius Randle didn't have his greatest game, but he improved from Sunday night's game one. He had a good game two with a double-double with 15 points to 12 rebounds. But Derrick Rose showed up. Old school homeboy from Chicago mm-hmm. showed up. He started the second half. Alfred Payton, you go bye-bye, sit on the bench. D Rose put up 26 huge points. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. I mean, and look, I'm happy for D Rose. I'm happy for what, you know, what they're doing. Todd Gibson, you know, has been a good supporting cast mm-hmm. member for them too. So, and look, this isn't their first rodeo. So they know, I mean, they bring, they bring that uh, playoff mm-hmm. experience to guys like Randall and Barrett and then because, you know, those guys have an experience of playoffs. And I think that's why you have veteran guys like D Rose and Taj there. Look, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be like one of those toss ups. I mean, I know you said the Nixon five, but I think, look, if Trey mm-hmm. Young can kind of like get some help, I think that's probably going to be the key, right? I think that's, you know, yeah. Trey Young can only do so much by himself, but he needs, he needs help. I mean, if, you know, if Hunter can help out, if Bog, you know, Bogdanovich, you know, he has to be more consistent. Mm-hmm. Click Capella as well. So I'm 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 kind of like okay. How about yeah. Dylan Noah Gallinari minus, yeah. minus that bad haircut? <laughs> yeah, so don't get me started with that haircut. But yeah, he needs, <laughs> he needs yeah. I mean, but he needs to play better too. So I think if 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 the if the Hawks, you know, it would be there are four or five matchups, so it wouldn't be an upset. But if the Hawks want to win this series, those guys need to step up and help help Young out. All right, let's go move over to the Western Conference portion of the playoff bracket. The LeBron James led Los Angeles Lakers as of this recording. They lead their best of seven series in the first round against the Phoenix Suns, two games to one. After losing game one, Lakina LeBron James and Anthony Davis had enough. Anthony Davis came back with a huge game, two with 34 points, 13 rebounds, and two huge blocks. And both those guys had a personal seven-nothing run to close out game two on the road in Arizona. Of course, on Thursday night, the Lakers won big before Devin Boogers decides, decided to do something stupid to Dennis Schroeder, mm. which was not smart, and Jay Crowder got kicked out too. Thank goodness nothing else uh, um, um, came about in terms of the bad side after that. But I'm looking at this Lakers team. It looks like they're focused right now. As we said before, Lakina, given all their 
injury history that's going on with that team right now. They better get rid of the Suns team in five games or else it's going to be trouble. Chris Paul didn't play that much in game two. Didn't really play that much in game three on Thursday in Los Angeles, I think, which is smart that the Suns are saving him for game four, which you'll see uh, on ABC tomorrow, which is Sunday for those of you listening to our audio version. That's at 2.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And so Phoenix needs a healthy Chris Paul. If they have any, if they have, if they want to have any chance to win this series. Well, and the thing is that the paint, the paint's becoming a big problem. I think once, you know, I think once you know Aiton, you know, did his thing in Game One. Now, you know, they kind of like closed the paint a little bit. You know, they actually, you know, the Lakers have scored 50 points in that area those last two mm-hmm. postseasons. You know, in three games over the last two postseasons, the rest of me has only done it twice during that span. So I think, you know, the key is in the paint. And so they've been able to kind of like, you know, control the paint more. So, and I think, look, AD's been playing better, which is, I think, I think the fact that the way he was outplayed by Aiden in game one was a wake-up call for him. He admitted it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think, look, you know, hopefully CP3, I mean, good grief. I mean, can the guy, the guy can't catch a break. I mean, it, it's always, <laughs> you know, it's his ankle. One year is his ankle. The other is his knee. Now it's his shoulder. It's just, just yeah. you know, God, this guy's, poor guy's snake bitten. And, you know, if he's not at the very least 75% because those shoulders, those shoulder injuries can be very tricky to figure out, this might be a short series. And I'm sure if you're the Lakers, I think that's what you want. You know, the less, the more rest, the better. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the other uh, series that features the Los, uh, Los Angeles team, and that's the Clippers. Uh, they're in, uh, in Dallas. They're in Dallas this weekend to take on um, uh, the Mavericks as games three and four move to the state of Texas. As of this recording, the Mavericks lead this best of seven series, two games to none. Lakina, uh, earlier I saw a said uh, a team that's trailing uh, 0-2 in a series is 4-27, and something like that. Yeah. But I know in this series for sure, uh, the uh, Dallas Mavericks has held the Los Angeles Clippers to a, a, a pathetic three-point shooting of 33.8%. So the Clippers cannot shoot for whatnot. I know in our last episode, Lakina, for those of you that are watching on our YouTube channel, she was doing the whole looking, searching, looking for Paul George. <laughs> there she goes again to those of you listening on our, our, our podcast audio version. She's still looking for Paul George and hopefully shows up this weekend <laughs> in the Big D as the Clippers will try to tie this series up. Uh, Lakina, do you give the Clippers a chance? They better, they better win. To, they better win tomorrow. They better because if not, it, it's going to. It's going to be Kirk for them. Look, we've said this before, Sid, right? We were, we were commending the Clippers for oh, – well, they played, they played last night, so hopefully they they're saying they won that game. But, uh, but I mean, we, we were saying that the Clippers, you know, no one was talking about the Clippers, and, you know, they were kind of just mm-hmm. quietly sneaking around, like, yeah, hey, how are you? Like, you know, we're just you know, we're doing our thing. And then, you know, and then, then you know what, they're, they're back to exactly being the Clippers. So are, what, are we going to blame Doc Rivers for this again? You know, folks, you no. can't, can't blame, him, blame him for that. I mean, look, where, look, I mean, where, where's PG? I mean, okay, yeah, yeah, granted. I mean, you know, game, game two, I'll give PG. He, you know, he scored. Oh, he was okay, but you know, Kawhi can only do so much. And you know, people are bringing mm-hmm. up the fact that you know he could have been, you know, the king in Toronto, but now he decided that he wanted to be closer to home in Los Angeles. Look, he had forty-one points. Look, I think PG, you know, twenty-eight, but you could do more. Uh, hello, Patrick Beverly. Where are you? This is not your first rodeo. Where are you, Marcus Morris <laughs> Senior? Where are you? Yeah. Who? who, who where, where are you? Where are you, Nicholas Patu? Where are you, Ibaka? Yeah. 
This is Serge Ibaka, yeah, this, yeah. This playoff Rondo. Yeah, or Rondo. We need more playoff Rondo. And look, Reggie Jackson's like, look, hey, I need help here, guys. <laughs> I mean, like, come on. So, look, this needs to be more balanced scoring, you know. They need to step up. If not, I mean, look, Luca's been playing great. Tim Hardaway Jr., I mean, where, where did he come from? He had a, had a, a, a season-high 28 points for him, so he's been kind of helping Luca out. So, I mean, I, I don't know what to say about this series. I mean, we all thought that maybe the Clippers could probably pass. The fact that no one's paying attention to them, maybe they'll show up. I'm still looking for them. I'm still <laughs> looking. What do you think, Sid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still looking too, but I actually have faith that the Clippers will uh, they'll find a way to tie this series this weekend in Dallas. Uh, if they don't, you can burn this part of the tape. <laughs> mm. You listen to tape, Second City's. <laughs> you listen to Second City Sports Weekend Edition along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. So we wind down our first segment uh, of this uh, program. Hopefully, you enjoy your Memorial Day holiday weekend as we uh, wrap up our uh, last two. Uh, series in the Western Conference for, as far as the NBA playoffs are concerned. Uh, today's Game 4 will take place from the Rose Garden, a.k.a. the Motor Center in Portland, Oregon. It will be the Denver Nuggets against the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, the Nuggets lead this best-of-seven series, uh, two games to one. I had Portland winning in seven games. I'm still going to stick to that. Lakina, Portland better win today, for those of you listening on our audio version. Portland better win today or else this series is over. Uh, the fourth quarter uh, got them uh, on the back of their leg on Thursday. Austin Rivers, a.k.a. the coach's son. Mm-hmm. His father, Doc Rivers, those of you scoring at home. Mm-hmm. Now, Austin Rivers scored 60 points off the bench in the fourth quarter to help Denver with a huge win on the road. And, and joke is, too, I mean, it's, like it's hard to stop that guy. Mm-hmm. He's the first player to record 30 points and 50% shooting in each of his first three games of a postseason since Jordan did it back in 92. I mean, look, it's hard. You, you can't really contain the you know, Jokic if you're lucky, but I think the the, you know, the Portland kind of went back to their bad their, their bad habits. I mean, you know, some untimely turnovers and I think just, you know, just, you know, bad bad luck in that, that you know, game three. But, I mean, I, look, you, you better hope that you need to – you know, if you're if you're Portland, I mean, look, Covington needs to step up. Look, I think Norman Powell needs to do more. Also, too, Nurkic mm-hmm. needs to do more too. Look, I know he has a look. I know he's got a tough cast task going up against Jokic, but I think you got to try to contain him because if not, he is going to score at least you know 35 on you. So you need to try to contain him a little bit more. Look, look Car- Carmelo's doing his thing. You know, maybe McCauley could step up a little bit more. You know, Lillard's doing his thing too, but he needs mm-hmm. help. So there, there needs to be sort of like more timely stuff, and I think. Look, if you look at Denver, you know, look, Gordon's doing what he needs to do, you know. Sorry about that, folks. You be quiet. <laughs> you be quiet. Uh, look, Porter Jr.'s been playing very well, too. So, also, too, mm-hmm. like you said, Austin Rivers. So, look, I think that the, the supporting cast of Portland, we know they can do it. They just need to step up and take it up a notch. Yeah, but hopefully Carmelo Anthony can step up a little bit more for Portland coming off the bench. He did a great job in game one, but hopefully he uh, gets some of that uh, momentum back and help Portland uh, tie this series up. The last series uh, to review for you guys, actually game three will take place tonight at 8.30 Saturday on on ESPN. That's game three between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Utah Jazz as the series now shifts shifts over to FedEx Forum in Memphis, Tennessee. Of course, there was some more... Uh, fans behaving badly toward the end of game two. We'll get to all that in our next segment. But as far as on the court is concerned, Lakina, despite 47 points for John Morant, 
in his in his uh, playoff debut in Game Two. Utah took care of business in Game Two, and Donovan Mitchell had a big reason for that. Yeah, I think you can tell in the in Game One, the Jazz really missed him, and mm-hmm. he saw how big of a difference he makes. So, and look, you look and commend John in his performance. I mean, I think that's definitely a, one of his career highs, especially in a playoff game. But he needs help. He needs help. I mean, look, I think mm-hmm. he's, look, he can only do so much. And I think that, look, I think these, this is where I think him not having kind of like that second guy to kind of like help him out, especially. So I know he had 41, but, you know, there's no balanced scoring with Memphis. So there needs to be, you know, I think there needs to be help out a little bit more balanced tunas. I mean, like he had 18, but he could do more. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan, Dylan Brooks, you know, look, 23, mm-hmm. but, you know, he could do more too. Kyle Anderson. I like Anderson. I know. Yeah. He could do a little bit more, too. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr., that he could do a little bit more. And, and they're bench the guys to step up, too. You know, you know, Grayson Allen. I know people hate <laughs> I know he's, you know, Matt. You know, <laughs> he's Matt's favorite player, but he needs to do a little bit more. Um, you know, Tyus Jones. I mean, you know, come on now. I think, look, your, your starters are doing what they need to do. I mean, they've all, all five were in double figures in game two. But the problem is that their bench guys, need to, the secondary guys need to step up, too. So, Come on, guys, you know, get it up. Get, I mean, get it going, I should say. That sounded weird, but. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, um, as we wrap up here, this first segment, we'll run down the schedule for you guys quickly as uh, you celebrate Memorial Day. We can watch an NBA playoff basketball for Sunday's um, action at noon Central Standard Time on ABC. It will be game four between the Knicks and the Hawks, followed at 2.30 by Suns-Lakers game four from Staples Center. TNT will have the Sunday night doubleheader as the Brooklyn Nets will take on the Boston Celtics in game four live from TD Bank North Garden. We, should, we assume that the Nets will have a 3-0 series lead there. If you're smart, you'll think the same thing. <laughs> and then followed by game four between the Clippers and Mavericks in that Western Conference first round. And then for Monday, Memorial Day, there will be only two games uh, um, in the association for the playoffs. Uh, Six o'clock start time, Chicago time will have Philadelphia against the Washington Wizards in game four uh, from our nation's capital, followed by game four action between the Utah Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies. And on Tuesday, I mean, it all depends on how these series are. I mean, we're going to assume that Bucks will have swept Miami, so you know, we'll ignore that. Brooklyn and then Boston, this might be game five. I mean, I think Boston will probably win one of the, their games at, in Boston. We'll see where the Denver series is at that by then, and you know, I'm, I'm sure this is probably going to be for, you know, the series for the Lakers as well in Phoenix. So there could be a couple of closing series. It might be some series that are already over with by then. We, we don't know yet. But, you know, we'll just let's let you know what's going to happen. So just that way you'll know. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to have to take a 20-second timeout on this weekend edition, the holiday edition of Second City Sports. On the flip, flip side, fans behaving badly. We really got to dive into this. Oh, and College football it has released the early part of their schedule for their network broadcasters. We'll get into that. And we're going to celebrate a special Memorial Day memory that's dear, near and dear to both of our hearts. Yeah. I know for those of you that are trying to guess, the actual anniversary was this, was this past Thursday. For those of you that, that don't know, you'll know it in our next segment. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Cindy Brown. You're listening to the Memorial Day Holiday Weekend Edition of Second City Sports. Welcome back to the second half of the Memorial Day holiday edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. 
Along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scrum McGee on the IG. You can follow this podcast first right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media as videos will drop first every Monday and Friday. Once again, videos will drop first right here on YouTube every Monday and Friday at War Media. You can find our audio version <clears throat> at War on Anchor, which drops every Tuesday and Saturday. Once again, at War on Anchor every Tuesday and Saturday for our audio version. We're available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you type in those search engine boxes, W-A-R-R on Anchor. You can go to our website, wearegoradio.com, and you can follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and right here on YouTube. Thank you in advance for your support. <clears throat> like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Subscribe. One day we're gonna have subscribe, 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 subscribe flashing on your on your TV screens. You're watching us here on YouTube. We got. Uh, and we're on. Unpo- yeah, <laughs> and we're on fun. Lakina, as we get back to normalcy, as we uh, get fans back in the stands for all of our sporting events. As we uh, watch the NBA playoffs on our television screens, Lakina, we we gave props to the New York Knicks. They had 15,000 for games one and two in their uh, home dates against the Atlanta Hawks. But uh, there's something that disturbs me as mm-hmm. we try to get back to normalcy here. As, as fans behaving badly, for those of you that have been living under a rock, of course, uh, starting with the Knicks-Hawks series, uh, Trey Young was uh, spat on uh, uh, during the inbounds play in game two. The fan was caught and was has been banned immediately from Madison Square Garden. In Utah in game two, John Morant, uh, the second-year point guard, his father was in the stands, and his father complained that there was some fans that, that were yelling racial epithets at, towards him and the rest of uh, John Morant's family. Those fans have been banned from the Salt Lake City Arena, wherever their arena is called now. It used to be called the Delta Center. I know it's another stupid corporate name now. And then, of course, in Philadelphia, the home of the misbehaving fans. You can go throughout the history, folks. We won't get into it too much here. But uh, during Game 2's win for the Philadelphia 76ers after Russell Westbrook's uh, uh, injured ankle, he uh, hobbles to the locker room, and there was a stupid fan. I'm being nice here on YouTube. I could call him other names, but we won't do that here. But uh, that foolish fan decided to dump some popcorn on Russell Westbrook in the tunnel. Now, Russell Westbrook got upset, and rightfully so, and alerted security guards. So some of them tried to hold him back. They did their jobs, but they weren't over-aggressively. I was worried about that for a minute, but they held him back, and rightfully so. Now, did Russell Westbrook have the right to get upset? Of course he did. But he was held back, and then the security guards uh, that went up to the stands thankfully got that fool out of there. He's been banned. Lakina, I'll ask you this. In your years of attendance sporting events, have you seen anything like these incidences? It seems to be happening more and more, right? I mean, you know, with mm-hmm. the popcorn, and, you know, <laughs> you know, apparently someone spat on Trey Young at the, you know, at the Hawks' new scheme too, and then there was some other stuff that happened that you just mentioned. So, it, it, unfortunately, I think you know, fans are they, they think that oh well, you know, they tweet these guys, they message these guys, or then stuff like that. I mean, oh, they could they could they could do something, they can be a part of the the action. 
here's the thing, and I, and I tweeted this um, yesterday. Like you can pay your ticket, you can boo, you can cheer, you can scream, you know, like call them names as long as you don't call them nothing racial, you know, you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But if you do something stupid like calling someone, you know, the N-word or any other racial slur or mm -hmm. talk about their families or, you know, call somebody a B or whatever, call their mother or their wife or girlfriend or what have you, a B or whatever. Mm -hmm. If you start throwing things, if you start, you know, if you spit at them, I mean, those are the kind of things that should not be tolerated. And I'm glad that these arenas and these stadiums are, you know, are realizing that they can't afford to be doing this. You're, you're talking about the safety of these players. There are people mm -hmm. too, you know, believe it or not. And I know that folks, folks don't want to believe that, but there are people too, and they have every right to, you know, be secure and private as they can. So, you know, all these crowds, I think that hopefully with these crowds, I mean, they, I think they just missed, dismissed a lawsuit that, you know, some guy who called uh, Donovan Mitchell, of, oh no, it was Westbrook. It was Westbrook because he was with the, um, I think he was, he, he was with somebody at the time. He, someone called him a racial slur and, you know, that guy ended up, those, that couple, I think, ended up suing, suing the, you know, the organization, the NBA. That lawsuit was dismissed on Thursday. So, you know, look, you can't, you can't just act stupid. You can't, you just can't do it. And, and I think that, you know, the more all this stuff is, you know, you know, the, the, the harsher the punishment, I think this will, this will get people to realize that, okay, maybe I shouldn't act like an idiot in the arena or in the stadium or what have you. Yeah. Not giving these people uh, an excuse looking, but I believe, believe you when you say that some, some of these fans have, uh, they want to be part of the action for some odd reason or what have you. I know I don't want to uh, generalize by saying this, but I believe some people, not all, once again, I say some, not all, uh, the higher the ticket prices that you pay for better seats, some, some of those people think that it gives you the right to act a fool. No, it doesn't. You're there to enjoy the ball game. You're there to see the players perform. You're not part of the action, folks. You're not. And this is probably the one part where I think a lot of folks, a lot of players probably did miss about, you know, not having, you know, limited crowds, not having no crowds at all. This is probably like, mm -hmm. the, this is probably the part where they probably are like, you know, and maybe it was a good thing we didn't have fans in the stands in some of these arenas because look at how people are acting. I don't know if it's because people were, you know, were cooped up in their houses or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, for over a year, but that doesn't give you the right to act like an idiot. I'm sorry. It doesn't. And mm -hmm. hopefully I think what these people are being punished. Your pictures are everywhere. There are cameras everywhere right now. So you can't, like, mm -hmm. you can't, like, hide behind, you know, as you did in the past. You know, the cameras will catch you. You know, somebody exactly. else will catch you. And security people will tell on you because <laughs> you're making them exactly. look bad. So, you know, you just got to gotta roll the punches and just don't be an idiot. I, I, and I find it amazing. I was listening to some comments throughout the country um, these last uh, 48, 72 hours. And uh, going back to the incident with Russell Westbrook in Philadelphia from game two the other night, uh, I know some people try to uh, give an excuse to the guy uh, that threw the popcorn. Well, it's just popcorn. Heaven yeah. forbid that was a, 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 not a beer can, but a beer bottle or a soda pop bottle or anything else. That silly could be used as a weapon, folks. And what that guy did, that's still assault. Mm -hmm. Third, By yeah. law. Mr. Me yeah, yeah, Mr. Meter Assault, at least. So Thank you. For That's still assault, whether it's popcorn or pop bottle or soda bottle or anything that you could be used as a weapon, whether it's dangerously uh, dangerous, like a gun or a knife. That's still assault. Any item that you use as a weapon, that's assault. Hey, now, hey. you know this as well as I do, Lakina, that most of these fans, if they saw 
uh, I'll just use Russell Westbrook as an example. Most of those, those fans, and they're not really fans, they're idiots. Most of those people that think they're big and bad and decide to throw things, think they can get away with stuff, if they saw those athletes nine times out of ten in the streets without their uniforms on, they wouldn't pull that crap off. You know it and I know it. Oh, no. So not they're not as tough as they think they are because they're not. Oh, no, no. I, mean, I think that it's just absurd that people actually think, they, oh, they want to be big and bad. They're going to hide behind their keyboard or hide behind the seats. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, what happened at Malice in the Palace? What escalated was some guy throwing a cup at the you know, wrong right. test. So people forget that <laughs> part of that, you know, that whole melee. So, you know, I think that mm-hmm. fans, you know, fans need to start behaving. Look, if you want to put your, put the players and the coaches in the pedestal, like they shouldn't act like idiots. Well, look in the mirror because you shouldn't act like one either. Exactly. And, and I'm going back to Sox Park this weekend to take in two games of that Baltimore uh, White Sox series. You know, if you saw on social media from Monday's game against St. Louis, there was, Two girls fighting in the stands and in the bleachers for what I don't know, and I don't care at this point. But stuff like this shouldn't happen in any of our our stadiums. Go there, enjoy the ball game, and uh, let's behave like uh, grown people, okay? Yeah, like you said before, you can boo, you can cheer without being excessive. Me personally, I'm too grown to boo. If I feel like it, I could, but maybe I, I, I give a groan or just roll my eyes if anything at this point because I'm too old, Lakina. I don't say that much on this podcast, but I'm too grown and too old to do childish stuff. Now, in my younger days, I, I would have booed, and I did a few times, but that's as far as it went. I never, you know, go beyond racial epithets or anything like that. I've never done that, so that's always been a part of my conduct. You know, you could boo and all that, but going excessive, no. I, I'm too grown for that. Yeah, and I didn't I mean, do it uh, when I'm younger years. I sure as hell don't do it now. Yeah, I mean, I rarely booed when I was younger. I mean, like, I, I you know, I might have just boo like this and then just, you know, then just stopped it there. I never, mm-hmm. I never like insult anyone because I wouldn't want anybody to do that to me or to anybody in my family or any of my friends. So mm-hmm. that's why I've never, it never got, I never got at that level. Look, I just like to enjoy the games and entertaining. If you win, great. If you, if you don't win, hey, look, as long as you get an entertaining game, that's fine. I mean, you can enjoy mm-hmm. the game without having to like act like a, like a Richard, as like I'll say, as Tom Waddle would usually say, on his PM 1000. <laughs> don't be a Richard. That's a, don't be a Richard. You, exactly. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, going back to Le- what LeBron James said uh, following Thursday's uh, game against the Phoenix Suns, uh, you can criticize for what he says on Twitter about others' various issues. We won't get into that here, but sticking with this issue, I'm with, with LeBron James when he said that the league needs to do a little bit more to protect the place. I know he kind of backtracked just slightly uh, following uh, in doing his press conference on Thursday, saying that the NBA was doing a good job in, in protecting the players. Uh, but uh, he was correct that, you know, you, you could boo, you could cheer, and, and some athletes get up for that stuff. And we'll talk about it with Trey Young in a minute. But uh, LeBron said that, you know, they get up, you know, when you boo and you cheer. You know, as long as it doesn't cross the, cross the line, that's fine. But uh, I did agree with him on his tweet that the players need to be protected more. You're in their line of work. No one has come to see you, idiot fans. We came to watch the players play and let the rest ref, and we'll go on from there. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the thing. And I, th- I think all these leagues, I think, you know, I think some leagues are tougher than others when it comes to that. I think, I think the NFL has been, you know, you know, very, you know, being more, you know, restrictive on what to deal with when it comes to fan behavior. Like, you, I know it's a little, it's, you're, you're, you're in these big stadiums where like thousands of people. I know, I think in college, I think it depends on the conferences. I think some are more lenient than others are. Others are a little more mm-hmm. restrict, a little more stricter. 
But I, I think there needs to be better security in some of these leagues because, look, I remember watching games. I remember watching games like in the early 70s, like where the whole crowd, you know, got into the, the field or got into the court. And you're like, okay, where the hell is security? I mean, I remember watching, you know, this is like back, this was like in 80, 88, I think, when the Lakers and the Pistons and that, you know, classic, you know, NBA Finals game seven, you know, yeah. the 17th series. The game wasn't over yet. It was like two seconds left, like half yeah. the Lakers half bench the, and half, half the fans half ran the on the fans court. On yeah. The court. It was just, yeah. it was just crazy. Like, I was <laughs> Surprised all those guys were able to get out of get into the locker room. And if you saw how if the setup of the four, the old uh, Western Forum was, Great Western Forum was, then the players were kind of like in like underneath. So they had to like, yeah. like you know, took a beeline to the, you know, and you know, and you know, Pat Riley with his uh, with his, you know, very slick back hair. You know, he still look, yeah. <laughs> look, remember he used to play basketball, remember folks. So, you know, that's why he was able mm-hmm. to run pretty quick. But I was scared for those for them because I was afraid someone was yeah. gonna hurt somebody. That was just ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That, that 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 makes me cringe though still. <laughs> Thank us we had a better six. security message today. Yeah. Yeah, look, I was only like seven when that happens, like six when that happened. So like I was scared. I almost ran out of the room. Like, my, my, what's what's going on here? Like, what why are you all these people out on the court? Like the days the days not even over yet. So I I felt actually this is actually the one time I actually felt for the pisses because I'm sure it took them a while to get back to their locker room too. So ugh, yeah. it was just crazy. Uh, going back to that uh, incident with Trey Young uh, during t- uh, Tuesday's game two between the Knicks and the Hawks, of course, he was uh, spat on. I, I know that um, Trey Young said that this is his first playoff uh, run, by the way, uh, the third-year guard of Oklahoma. I, I know that uh, that, uh, that incident was terrible, but Trey Young says, uh, minus that, uh, I like the pressure. I like telling Knicks fans to shut up. And I, I watched uh, both games uh, via my computer, via the MSG feed, the Knicks feed. And uh, I thought I heard something that wasn't quite right uh, during game one last Sunday. They were saying, blank you, Trey Young, or something to that effect. I was like, I didn't think I heard what I just heard, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, then my ears did not deceive me. We won't repeat that here. Mm-hmm. But uh, like you said, you can cheer for your team. And, you know, you can, uh, I don't want to say harass, but you can uh, jeer the other team as long as it doesn't go overboard. But I, I – it's just some fans think they have the right just because you paid a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars for the ticket. No one's come to see you. Exactly. You stay in your seat, you behave, and everything will be cool. Don't be a Richard. That's all I'm gonna say. Don't thank be you. a Richard. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And it, and then look, I I think and and I think that the, how that how that incident occurred was I think like somebody I think this is like the, the DVR you know this is when the technology comes in you know somebody went back and actually posted on their their uh, Twitter feed and that's when you know all that ball started rolling and that so and I think and look at this point I think these leagues need to kind of come together and put some rules in place that's probably the only way you'll be able look if you do something stupid you know you're you're banned. And if you try to go yeah. to another arena, you're going to be banned there too. And it, it needs to be mm-hmm. universal banned. Don't don't try to go yeah. to another arena and then you know, see if we can do the same thing there. But there needs to be a, needs to be a universal ban. But you know that's a that's a whole other story for another episode. But yeah, it's a privilege, not a right. Exactly. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown. Let's move over to college football, Lakina. The the network portion of the schedule. Uh, was released earlier this week, and this comes from our good friends at Awful Announcing. Uh, both ESPN and Fox rolled out the college football announcements uh, this past Thursday, and there was a lot of unpacking in both. To start with, let's look at the real early part of the season, uh, the opening week, week zero, and week one. Mm-hmm. Week zero has been a growing focus in recent years. Uh, yep. Not a lot last year, uh, thanks to the pandemic, 
Well, this year ESPN will feature UCLA Hawaii on Saturday, August 28th. And with the Fox Showcase game, Nebraska versus Illinois mm-hmm. <laughs> on the broadcast network on that day. There are three other games on that day as well. So the Utah versus San Jose, San Jose State and UConn versus Fresno State, both on CBS Sports Network. And UTEP, New Mexico State is still yet to be announced. Week one looks like this with Fox starting with Ohio State and Minnesota in prime time on a Thursday uh, broadcast on their broadcast network and sending their Big Ten noon kickoff uh, mm-hmm. to Madison, Wisconsin, as Wisconsin Badgers will host the Penn State Nittany 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 week one on Fox. Early big noon games uh, for Fox this season, uh, September 11th, Saturday, Oregon and Ohio State. That's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, on September 18th, Nebraska, Oklahoma. I know you had some, something to say about that. <laughs> and here in Chicago, <laughs> yes. on September 25th from Soldiers, Soldier Field, Justin Fields, probably soon. <laughs> It'll be the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame taking on the Wisconsin Badgers. That should be a lot of fun there at Soldier Field. And and look, I think that look, I, I love how we get to like get to, you know, you know peel the onion on these matches like super early when it's like, you know, late May and it's not, <laughs> like these days games will start yeah. for, like another like three months, but it, it's, it's always good. We kind of like try to get into it, but you know, some of these matches look really look, you know, look a lot of fun as they usually are. And and, you know, looks like Fox is going all in with their big noon kickoff. That's, you know, I think that's been sort of like the thing. You know, the, the, the ratings have actually been pretty good for that pregame show the mm-hmm. last couple of years. So we'll no see. No Urban Meyer anymore. Yeah, I know. And, and Bob Stoops stopped. Bob Stoops taking over for that spot. So he's actually, yeah. he's actually pretty pretty good. You know, he was great with the media too when he was at Oklahoma. So I, I don't think that's a big, you know, drop off there. But as far as Nebraska and Oklahoma, people, people like us who grew up watching that matchup, this was, you know, a lot of times this is for a spot in the national championship. This is a spot for the, you know, Big Eight, you know, then Big Eight now, and also Big Twelve championships. Of course, you know, Nebraska now in the Big Ten. You know, you're telling your age. I, I know, I know. I'm. I look. This is one of those cases where I don't mind telling my age <laughs> in this time. But um, the folks Oklahoma, <laughs> look, the folks Oklahoma are not very happy that the matchup is at eleven o'clock our time. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they released a statement. Um, I'll, I'll try to bring it up. I'll try to like rent part of it, but they weren't very happy. I, I mean, look, look, I mean, they were actually, they actually did have some games in 11 o'clock slot, <laughs> the, the, the Oklahoma, Nebraska. So I think to say that, you know, Oh, we don't like the fact that it's in, we're really disappointed that this rivalry on the 50th anniversary of the game of the century, that's the 1971 game that was on ABC We'll kick off at 11 a.m. Didn't that game to kick off at 11 a.m. too? Our time, if I'm not mistaken, that was a Thanksgiving Day game. Like I, I don't, I, I'm not that old, <laughs> folks. But, <laughs> but yeah. So I think it's just, it's just hilarious that they're, you know, Oklahoma's making a big stink about it. But I'm, a, I'm just glad that the rivalry is back. It took them yeah. a lot. It, it took them like about like over a decade to get this rivalry back. We've been trying to get this rivalry back for years. And look, I'll take what I can get. Maybe Nebraska was a little bit better than maybe you guys would be a prime time. This would be a prime prime time game, which I think is only had like once or twice in that whole rivalry since it started airing on television. But come on, guys, you're 11 a.m. That's not you're in big new kickoff. It's not like it's not like you're like you're like it's coming like one in the morning like some of these West Coast games. But come on now. 
Yeah, we're not in Hawaii. Right. <laughs> uh, continuing here, ABC's Labor Day weekend coverage includes the much-anticipated Duke's Mayo Classic in Charlotte featuring Georgia versus Clemson on Saturday, September 4th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern at 6.30 our time. Earlier in the day, <clears throat> on that day, the defending national champion Alabama Crimson Tide will face the Miami Hurricanes in a Chick-fil-A kickoff in Atlanta at 2.30 p.m. Chicago time. I'm definitely be tuning in for that one. Mm -hmm. On Sunday, September 5th, the week before the first Sunday of the NFL, by the way, yep. um, September 5th, the Florida, Florida State uh, Seminoles will face Notre Dame in Tallahassee at 6.30 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time in the Capital One Sunday night kickoff. That should be a, that should be a very interesting game in, in that in that front. We'll see where Florida State is. I mean, I know some people are, you know, I know some Seminole fans are kind of like, are wondering like, okay, where we are. But hopefully, look, hopefully there's, you know, a lot of those guys are going to be back next year. I think McKenzie Melton, I think might be the quarterback by then. So we'll see how they look against Notre Dame. We'll see where Notre Dame is. And look, this should be, mm -hmm. look, these, some of these, look, some of these games look really, look really interesting. I mean, LSU and UCLA, that's a Fox game. <laughs> that's the one of those uh, Fox games. That's a Sunday, that's a yeah, the Saturday game, that Memorial, that Labor Day, I mm -hmm. should say, uh, weekend games. Um, Arizona and BYU. Arizona's got a new coaching staff there. Mm -hmm. um, let's see what else. Um, not, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I think that the fact that you know these the crowds are probably these days are probably going to be full or at least close yeah. to full, mm -hmm. probably very yep. likely. So that's you know, mm -hmm. I think that's another another aspect that's another layer to all this. Um, you know, Penn State, Wisconsin, like you said, so that should be a fun one. Um, Nittany Lions. Nittany Lions. <laughs> you're gonna be saying this. <laughs> Say that five times fast. You're gonna be saying. You're gonna be saying this all. You're gonna be saying this for like the, like the next three months. So it's gonna be all in your head. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Louisville and Ole Miss. You know, September 6th. I mean, Ole Miss will be able to actually be eligible to go to a bowl game this year. I mean, they had some issues with some of the, with the previous regime, so now you know they'll, they'll, those those sanctions and stuff are all going to be out now. They're going to be finished now. So we'll see how they look. But yeah, I mean, look, these matchups. I mean, the week zero matchups and now the week one. I mean, it should be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Yeah, remember, we got a college football season last year, but we didn't get these uh, out-of-conference matchups. And so it's going to be fun to watch some of these this year. You know me, Lakeen, I'm not a big-time college football fan, even though I've kind of grown to watch it because of what we do over the last few years. So it, it, it's going to be exciting. Uh, going back to, to close out the article here from our good friends at Awful Announcing, uh, Fox announced also their uh, Thanksgiving weekend games uh, going Going to Thursday, November 25th with Fresno State and San Jose State on Fox Sports 1. The Big 12, Big 10, Mountain West, and Pac-12 all play on Friday, November 26th on Fox, FS1, and Big 10 Network, including Iowa and Nebraska in the Heroes game at, at 12.30 p.m. Chicago time on Big 10 Network. The regular season concludes Thanksgiving weekend with most of the heat rivalry in all the sports as Michigan hosts Ohio State Saturday, November 27th at Noon Eastern time on Fox. Yeah, and then, you know, I'm sure these will all change as we go on this season. So it's not, I think, you know, in anticipation, I think it's going to be really going to going to be amped up here with, like you said, Sid, with the fact that, yes, we had a college football season, but, you know, in the most conferences, there was nobody there. So, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately, you know, we didn't get that. At, but I think with the atmosphere, you know, Hope you know. I'm sure things will probably some of these stadiums, like I said, are going to be like close to full, if not very full. So, 
you know, especially in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and the American, you know, all these, all those conferences, it's, you know, all the conferences I mentioned probably didn't have very limited crowds. They, I think like in some cases with the Big Ten, I think the only like family and yeah. only like family and close family were allowed to come in in some of those schools. So to have full stadiums again, I think that this is going to be, it's already going to be a plus right there. And now, finally closing out this article, uh, this is, I believe, the week one extra from ESPN. Uh, they will open up uh, with the 2021 Texas kickoff inaugural Vegas kickoff class, both prime for prime time. Longtime Lone Star State rivals Texas Tech and Houston will match up in the Texas kickoff at 7 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN. Uh, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, home of the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, will host Arizona and BYU. Um, uh, following the action from Houston at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Ah, yes. Old, and yes, also so too, old rivals. <laughs> yeah, and also, too, the official week one uh, college schedule on ESPN TV schedule will take place Wednesday, September 1st. ESPN will televise the neutral site showdown between UAB and Jacksonville State at 7.30 p.m. FCS getting some, yeah. some of the small conference getting some love mm -hmm. there. And also, too, on, let me see if I can find it here. In addition to the Montgomery kickoff, the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery welcomes another inaugural neutral site showdown within the ESPN uh, events collection. Um, this was announced back in February, but the Tuskegee University of Fort Valley State will play in the first ever Red Tails Classic on Sunday, September 5th at 6 p.m. Chicago time on ESPNU. ESPN events launched the event to honor the Tuskegee Airmen and the legendary black military aviators who served in World War II. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's a very nice thing that they're doing for ESPN. ESPN has actually been very, you know, like more open to doing more things involving the HBCU schools, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, having that game, especially on ESPNU, I mean, look, most people can get it. If you can't get it there, you know, you can use it, you use it on your, you watch on your respective devices. It'll, look, I'm sure the names, you'll, you won't know any of the names probably, but you know what, you know, you get some great, you know, great football and I'm sure the, the, it'll be the battle of the bands there as it is, is with all these HBCU yeah. schools. So, you know, if nothing else, tune in for the bands. <laughs> Yeah, can we finally get some of those games on the main networks, ESPN, ESPN2, and don't put them on at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. I know this is a start, but can we eventually move them up to at least ESPN2? Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah, and, and like you said, have them live, not tape delayed. But again, Thank you. Like I said, that's another, that's another story for another podcast, though. So, But I think a lot of them are going to be on ESPN3, a lot of those HBCU games this year that like I saw, you know. I think they're also going to be on HB, uh, ESPN3 or ESPN+. Plus. Like that's what the plus that ESPN Plus is for, to stream some, a lot yeah. of those types of games. So you can, you can, you can, look, you can get it. If you can, get it. if you can get it, you can. You know, the, it's right there, if ESPN3, ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, I can't wait to watch uh, Deion Sanders' school. I believe it's in uh, Jackson State, correct? Yep. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to watching his games in the fall. So I'm definitely going to try to catch those live. It's going to be very interesting though with those FCS schools because they just finished their season. So their spring season, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's going to be you know, the, it's going to take some time for those guys to heal up, and they they go back to practice. I think like in about like uh, six weeks. So that's not a lot of time, yeah. especially playing football. So hopefully, you know. A lot of those schools can, especially the ones that wouldn't let delve right in, you know, Sam Houston State and also South Dakota State. Hopefully, you know, those schools, you'll be able to kind of have the time to finally heal to, to heal up so they'll be able ready for the fall season. Yep. 
Last segment of the show, Lakina, as you're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee, I am Cindy Brown. Hopefully you're having a safe and, uh, and joyous uh, Memorial Day weekend. Last segment of the show, Lakina, last topic. Uh, this past Thursday was a special anniversary for both of us as Chicago Bulls fans and as NBA fans. Of course, this time last year, we watched the last dance as uh, it was – it was really the Michael Jordan story. You paid attention to mm. it. And of course, doing one of their flashback segments, uh, they reviewed uh, the bitter rivalry between the Bulls and the Pistons. Uh, this, the anniversary was this past Thursday. Uh, 30 years ago this weekend, the Chicago Bulls, <laughs> after uh, getting beat down by the Pistons three straight years from 88 to 90, they swept the hated Detroit Pistons off the, mm. pal- the no longer now Palace of Auburn Hills Court on the NBA, on NBC. <laughs> they swept the Pistons four games to none in the Eastern Conference Finals, finally getting the monkey off their back and on their way to their first championship as the Bulls defeated the Los Angeles Lakers and Magic Johnson in five games. As Horace Grant put it perfectly, those Detroit Pistons were straight up bitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that was a perfect line uh, from, from the, uh, the last dance. Horace Grant uh, summed it up perfectly. Lakina, I think we talked about this be- uh, before. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jordan said in the Bad Boys documentary, uh, he was interviewed by Amara Rashad for another piece from NBA TV years ago, but uh, Michael Jordan said in that Bad Boys 30 for 30 documentary, it wasn't for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, the Bulls wouldn't have found a way to win those six championships. It all started by going to the Detroit Pistons. We talk about the history with Isaiah Thomas and the, uh, the Bad Boy Pistons going through the Celtics, Magic Johnson to a lesser extent extent the same thing and so the Bulls nemesis were the Detroit Pistons I remember being being uh, at um, my family friend's house where it was me her and my late mom we were all watching the game hold up around the television at that time it was the biggest game in Bulls history no one thought that the Bulls would be able to beat the Pistons <laughs> uh, 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 that season uh, let alone be a 3 all in that series my mom and, her, and, and my family friend, they had season tickets, as I mentioned on this uh, program before. They had season tickets. And remember, that year, the Bulls had home court advantage. And I actually went to game one of that series. It was jazzed up like nobody's business. And I wanted to ask my mom, like, I was, I was going to beg her to please let me go to game seven because it would have been that following Sunday. Because mm-hmm. I, I, in my mind, I thought that the Bulls were going to play the Pistons in game seven to go to the NBA Finals due to what happened the year before when the Pistons won four of their home games in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Bulls won three of theirs, but, of course, game seven at the Palace the year before, we all know what happened with Scottie Pippen and, and things along that line. But uh, it was a great moment at that time in Bulls history, still is to this day. Uh, we all know what happened to Magic Johnson a few months later after the Bulls beat the, the Lakers with his old situation with the HIV virus thing. I'm glad Magic Johnson is doing well today, obviously, which mm-hmm. is much more important. But at that time, Lakina, I didn't think I, – I thought the Bulls would beat the Pistons that year. I didn't think they were going to grow up 3-0 in that series. No one saw that coming. No one did. I, I don't care if you're the most diehard Bulls fan or Jordan fan. No one saw that coming. But uh, the only – I tell people even to this day, it, it was cool that Michael and Magic Johnson matched up in the NBA Finals. Of course, that was NBC's first year and covering the NBA they were going to do on, on, until uh, their conclusion in the 2002 season. But uh, the finals were great. But what I remember from the Bulls' first championship and sweeping away the Detroit Pistons, the Bulls finally got over that hurdle. Uh, they swept the Pistons in their own backyard. Uh, they made those uh, 
those crybabies cry. <laughs> it was a sweet thing. You would have thought at that time, if you, were, if you grew up in, the, in Chicago at that time, you thought that was the championship, but not quite. Yeah, I think I think that look that whole moment. I think I remember where I was when that whole thing happened. I think people everywhere in Chicago were super excited, and you know the fact that they finally mm-hmm. were able to get over that hump and get that monkey off their back by being the Pistons. Now you could probably say that by then the the Pistons had gotten older, so I think that might have mm-hmm. played a little bit of a part too. And when they when they played the Lakers, I mean the Lakers were sort of getting older too, and you know Magic, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, since of his health issues started to you know become you know more visible, and I, look, I just I don't want to say that they kind of walked into that you know they walked slept walked through that title, but I think they that first title, I, but I think they kind of did. You know, they were able to beat the Lakers pretty handily. They won, they beat them in five, but yeah, six, 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 remember six, they lost the first game. They didn't play yeah. well. Talking about the yeah. Bulls, I was at that one too. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so yeah, not not get, and I understand that, but you know, but that Lakers team wasn't the same. A lot like Magic was older, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, Worthy was getting older too, so. Remember, he missed Game Five, both him and Byron Scott. Yes, he did. Yes, they both did. So due to injury, so yeah, so that that was sort of like a, a Lakers team that was kind of like on its last legs, if you will. I mean, you know, they mm-hmm. had won like four or five titles in that span, like three titles, especially in that span, like like a six year span. So I think, you mm-hmm. know, they were mentally and probably physically exhausted too. But I think this sort of like led the way for the Bulls to kind of start that dynasty. And mm-hmm. and I think that that was sort of like the, the key. I think, look, in that, you know, beating your arch nemesis, the Pistons, that they can only help your confidence. And I think once they did finally get over that hump and beat the Pistons, I think that mm-hmm. the Bulls, were you know started becoming more confident. I will I would love to hear more of Sky's for Sky Pippen's perspective, Horace Grant's perspective. We all know what Jordan's perspective was. We all saw the last dance, but yeah. <laughs> I wanna I wanna see more from Scotty and this perspective, what their mindset was when they finally beat the Pistons. Yeah, I said this to Luke Cunnells when we had him on the Dean Davis show a few years ago. We had the twentieth anniversary of, of that and the twentieth anniversary of the of, of that first Bulls championship season. And, of course, we talked about it with Cheryl Ray Style here on this program uh, uh, before. Scottie Pippen was the best player on both teams, period, games one through four in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. If they were handing out uh, Conference Finals MVP awards back then, he would have gotten it. He was the best player, period, yes. on, yeah. on either, team, on either yeah. team. Of course, we mentioned what happened the year before with the migraine headache in game seven. Um, Dennis Rodman got in his head. Dennis Rodman tried to get in his head in 91, but it didn't work. Scotty stayed on his game. He was aggressive. He could, took the ball to the basket. He, uh, he hit the open jump shot. Uh, he was Mr. Everything uh, uh, for the Bulls in 1991. Michael Jordan did his thing, but it was Scotty Pippen was the best player on, on the floor for both teams. He was my uh, uh, series MVP. Look, I said, look, I, I said it during the last dance. I'm going to say it here. I feel like Scotty doesn't get his due. I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, he doesn't, you know, I look, I think that, look, people look at Jordan and, you know, and all the great things he accomplished and it's great. But remember, he didn't start winning champs until he had a good second unit around him. And, you know, uh, exactly. Sort of, like, sort of like, you know, Matt, you know, Magic and Kareem, you know, and those guys. So unfortunately I think like you had I know people get you know they yell at LeBron and all these guys for going to the super teams and such but look mm-hmm. let's be honest back then they probably would have done the same thing they could have I mean they, they could say that they wouldn't have but yes they would have I mean come on now try not to <laughs> that, that, don't, don't don't try to be all like high and mighty and say oh we would never would have done that no yes y'all would have y'all if y'all would have done it y'all could <laughs> 
But back to Scotty, I think, look, look, Scotty should have been the MVP. It stinks that they didn't have it. They ended up having those conference MVPs, conference finals MVPs, like, well, like, like about 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, something like that. I'm something like to, that, yeah. Something like that, so right around that, that time. So, yeah, I think Pippen would have won those handily because he was the, the MVP of that series. He was the key mm-hmm. to, you know, them sweeping the Pistons back in 91. That's just – the, the, the numbers back it up, folks. I'm not look. We're not saying anything in hyperbole. The, the numbers back it up. Yeah. Uh, uh, so so I wanted to pay pay homage to that. And for those of you watching us on YouTube, you can watch uh, all four of those games in its entirety entirety right here on YouTube. You have homework to do this weekend. Thank goodness I have all four games already on my DVD. So <laughs> yes. I'll be I'll, I'll be watching those. Yes. And thank goodness my mother had a chance to watch those before she passed away several years ago. So I want to ask this one question, Lakini, before we get out of here. What's and that? you you just talked about uh, about how many of these superstars wouldn't have done it, done what LeBron James and his buddies did several years ago and what they're doing now. Do you honestly believe, uh, let's just say that in 1991, if the Bulls came up short against the Pistons again, mm-hmm. and that would have been four straight years. Mm-hmm. Do you honestly, in your heart of hearts, would have believed that uh, in your heart of hearts that if Michael Jordan would have lost to the Pistons, do you think that Michael Jordan would have joined Isaiah Thomas in the Pistons? Oh, I doubt. I do don't you realize the bleed? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so either. I don't think so. He will. I think he would rather have you know went to who was the worst team that year. Uh, I think he would have went to that team. I forgot who was the worst team <laughs> in that season. I think he would have went to that team rather than gone to that team than go to the Pistons. Scotty, mm, different story. Michael, definitely not. Okay. Because I, 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 what about you? I'll say, how do you, what do you think? I don't think he would have went to the Pistons. Maybe someone would have been in his ear, but I think he would have shot that down quickly. Like I still want to beat the, uh, Isaiah Thomas in those in those guys. I don't think he would have went to the Pistons. It was look, it was a different mentality <laughs> back then. Yeah, I mean, you know, you want like you know, blood on the floor, you know, you punch somebody, you know, elbow somebody. Look, you can't do that stuff now, unfortunately, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But you know, back then it was basically fair game, but. I, no, I, th- I think some some guys would have. I don't think others wouldn't have. I think, look, yeah. if, especially once the Celtics started having their injury problems, like in the late 80s, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, do you really think, you know, MJ or anybody, if Isaiah could have went to, after losing to the Celtics, you know, you think they would have went, I, he would have went to the Celtics? I doubt that. No, nah, no, nah, because there was bitterness between him and Bird as well, and we won't get into that here, but uh, I don't know if, uh, before we get up out of here. I don't know if you heard this story, and I heard the story about the last year or so that uh, there were uh, there was rumors that uh, that the Knicks were trying to trade before they hired Pat Riley. The Knicks were trying to trade Patrick Ewing to the Golden State Warriors with uh, run TMC. That's Tim Hardaway, uh, Mitch Richmond, now Hall of Fame, Hall of, another Hall of Fame, Chris Mullen. Mm-hmm. That would have been interesting. I, look, I don't know if they would have been able to win that Western Conference because, you know, there was it did become wide open as far as, you know, especially when the Lakers, you know, the Lakers started aging. But that would have been intriguing, though. I wouldn't have mind watching that. I, I think that. I think yeah, they, and this is before. Yeah, this is before Barkley joined the Suns and Portland was running the rest of the conference then, too. And I think that, that they probably would not have traded Rich, Mitch Richmond. I don't think they would have done that had they were able to get Ewing. Yeah, they did that a year too early. Yeah, they Golden did. Golden State, yeah, they yeah. did that a year too early. I know Springwell eventually replaced them with that draft pick, which was good, but they got rid of Mitch Richmond too early. That, that they could have at least they could have gotten a few miles out of that team. I, I really, yeah. I to this day, I feel like that them and the OKC, you know, with Durant and Harden <laughs> and Westbrook, 
that was that's that's another combo that should not have been broken up as early as they were. Yeah, but Sam Presley decided to pay Serge Ibaka instead of Harden, but that's a whole nother issue for the whole that's another show. <laughs> that's another episode. <laughs> yeah. On that note, it's been another yeah, fun. Was... Yeah. Yeah, this has been another fun episode of uh, the weekend edition of Second City Sports. Hope you guys have a great and safe Memorial Day holiday weekend. You'll surely will be going back home to Sox Park to attend a couple of games as the Baltimore Orioles will finish up their battle on the south side against the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Lakina, you doing anything special uh, this weekend? Like I said, you know, the, my sister's having a birthday party, so that that's gonna be a lot. Happy of birthday fun. to your sister! Yeah, um, and also too, um, yeah, just yeah, we're just gonna be grilling and stuff, so. You know, we're we're not we're not ready for like the big big gatherings just yet, but there's gonna be so, a few people here, so we're we're just gonna like you know okay. play it by ear and you know take it slow, slowly getting back to kind of like the big gatherings, which is I think was what all of us should be doing right now. You're going to the yeah. park, you're going back to the park for the first time in a, over a year. Um, mm-hmm. I know you're gonna have a lot of fun. You know, hopefully, look if you see our our girl Lisa Burger Mini, you know, make sure to say hello for me. Will do, will do, or, or Janice or James. You know, all the I'm sure I know I know Janice is back there too. You know, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so have fun and stay safe and, you know, don't, don't be, don't be you know, throwing popcorn. <laughs> don't be throwing, throw, throw popcorn I'm a grown man. The last thing I'll do is throw popcorn or anything else but for that matter. All right. On that note, you feel follow me at, also too, you got the NHL play, NHL playoffs too. They're going to the second round. So hopefully we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that too later next week, but, uh, some good matchups there. So enjoy the sports, everybody. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's going to be on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can, um, Go right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media. Videos drop every Monday and Friday. Once again, videos drop for Second City Sports every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. You can go to War or Anchor or all podcast platforms for our audio versions, which drops every Tuesday and Saturday. Once again, every Tuesday and Saturday, our audio version drops on War or Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you type in those search engine boxes, W-A-R-R on Anchor. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com, and you can follow us on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. For Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. Have a safe and great Memorial Day holiday weekend. Protect yourselves. Don't do anything stupid. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you next week as we enjoy this holiday weekend with you guys. See you next week. Till next time. Holla. Very good.